Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Insightful Devotion Podcast. I'm your host, David, and I'm so excited to have all of you tuning in today. And if this is your very first time tuning in to the podcast, I'd like to say welcome, 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 and thank you for stopping by to hear some encouraging words I believe that God has given me to share with you that is right on time and will be a blessing to those that hear this message clearly and will deliberately apply it to their lives, which is basically being a hearer and doer of God's holy word. So to all of my anointed God, fearing podcast listeners around the world i hope that you are all doing great in every way possible by experiencing our heavenly father like never before understanding that his plans are always good when it comes to his children even though our circumstances may appear to look the opposite let us continue to strive in obedience doing as the lord instructs us to do so that we can humbly let god know that we love him with all of our heart all of our soul and all of our mind and never forget that we have direct access to our heavenly father through jesus christ and you can always call on his name at any time of the day for anything because we are to worship him in spirit and in truth because he already knows that we will need his help and God is already ready there to help us so if you are frustrated with things going on in your life if you are dealing with the loss of a loved one and it seems as if you can't shake the sadness away if you are feeling sick in your body if you have just lost your job if you're moving into a new area and worried how the community will respond to you let me tell you this one thing the same power that rose jesus christ from the dead is on the inside of you and when you call on the name of jesus he is always present listening and gives freely without reproach so put a smile on your face today knowing that we serve the most high god the god of the universe the god who is who was and who is to come so fear anxiety bad situations and outcomes do not have the final say in the life of a believer but it is our lord and savior jesus christ who has the final say and when he gave us life willingly in obedience to his heavenly father and said it is finished that means every situation you face in the past or are now facing in the present or will face in the future it is finished and you already have the victory in jesus christ because when he rose from the grave three days later all authority and power was given unto him and because he loves us understand that nothing can harm us even if it appears to be hurting us it won't prosper because before anything can come our way it has to go through our loving father and if he allows it to come our way as he did to job in the bible then he trusts us and we are blessed and will receive a greater blessing once we come out stronger from the situations and circumstances we thought were going to take us out now, I don't want to get too far off topic today, but I really felt that somebody listening today needed to know that where you are in life today is not your final destination. And that if we remain confident and continually believe in God and his plans for us and we get aligned in his will, then we will be victorious in whatever we do, because apart from him, we can do nothing. So before I go any further in today's lesson and begin to pray, I have a question I'd like to ask you. What do you do when no one's looking? For instance, are you one way in public and another way in private? Well, I know this question may echo throughout our minds, but I ask this question because what we do when no one is looking or we think no one is looking, it plays a big part within our character and it speaks more volume that when people are actually witnessing our characters in public 
Because although we think we can hide from what we've done when no one is looking, according to Proverbs chapter 15, verse three, it says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. They watch evil people and good people. And Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14 says, for God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. And with that being said, let us go before the Lord and pray. And then we'll get straight into today's episode entitled When No One's Looking. Heavenly Father, you know all and see all and will expose the things that have been done in the dark and bring them to the light. So, Lord, do that to everyone listening today, because we cannot be your children if we continue to live and walk in darkness. Because your words in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 27 tells us if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. And Father, we've lived in hell too long on this earth. We refuse to live in it for all eternity. So help us in our walks with you. May the things that try to consume us and turn us away from you in public or private set us free and free indeed. Search our hearts and deal with us the way you need to so that we will honor you all the days of our lives, realizing the words in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, which says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray and say thank you. Amen. Well, in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, How horrible it will be for those who call evil good, and good evil who turn darkness into light and light into darkness who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter now i know after hearing this verse some of us immediately think well this doesn't pertain to me and i truly hope that is the case and that you continually remain humble and righteous before the lord and are doing everything god instructs you to do to help those that are lost in this world by sharing and ministering the uncompromising gospel but for those that know better and don't do better for those that struggle with sin for those that are straddling the fence and not realizing that you are neither hot or cold in other words you are lukewarm and God says that he will spew you out. If we do not go before the Lord who is gracious and kind, not wanting anyone to perish and repent from our sinful ways, then when that great and terrible day comes and we have been reluctant to the heavenly father by not repenting of our sins, then judgment awaits those who've chosen to do so. And God is righteous and is just in his judgment and who can stand before him. Now, before you turn off this episode and think I'm judging anyone, I'm not because that is God's job, not mine. And it's nobody else's job, only God. But I'm coming before you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, out of love and compassion, wanting for everyone that is listening to this podcast and those that come across my path to be in heaven. And I want heaven to be as populated as possible. I don't say this to scare anyone, but I talk about this topic while speaking the truth, hoping and praying that God will awaken those that have been going through the motion of the Christian life. Those that have been religious and not relational with Christ, those that are self-righteous doing things their way and not God's way. Those that would rather conform to the world and its ways instead of being transformed by the renewing of their minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, I would not be able to speak 
to anyone about this topic today if I had not gone through this myself. For before Jesus Christ saved my soul, I was living in darkness and in ignorance, gratifying and feeding my flesh willingly. But when the Lord got a hold of me, I became a new creature in Christ and he saved me from a burning hell and the former ways of doing things were no more. Now for those wondering, well, you must be perfect, David. No, I'm not. I will gladly answer that question for you. I am not perfect, but I pray that God continues to fix my eyes on his son, Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. And I understand that I must deny myself and take up my cross and follow Jesus Christ because Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 25 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And even though y'all, even though I've given my life to Jesus Christ, I understand that there will still be days that I mess up and fall short. There will be days I do things intentionally and unintentionally. But I can't stay and remain that way if I proclaim to be a believer in Christ, because the Bible tells us this within the following passages of Scripture I want to share with you. And the first passage of Scripture I want to share with you comes from Psalms number 34, verses 15 through 19. And before I read it, I want to let you know that I do post all the scripture that I'm reading for each episode in the description of what the episode is going to be about. So that way you can go back whenever you get a chance to read it again. And I highly encourage that because it allows you to see more in depth on what the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you all and that you can walk closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. So let me go ahead and read this verse in Psalm 34, verse 15 through 19. It says this, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles. Hey, I love this part right here. The righteous may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him. From them all, not some. It says the Lord delivers him from them all. Now, for every believer listening, Psalms 34, verses 15 through 19, gives us hope and an assurance knowing that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ hears us and will deliver us from all of our troubles we may have. That's right, troubles that we haven't even faced yet because God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning. And the end in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24 says, before they call, I will answer while they are still speaking. I will hear. Look how great our God is before they call. I will answer while they are still speaking. I will hear. So when we go through these ups and downs in our lives, we can be confident knowing that God already knows and has already responded. And all that is needed on our behalf is to trust and believe in him. Now, the other passage of scripture I want to share with you all on the topic of how there are days believers in Christ will fall short and do things intentionally and unintentionally. But how we can't stay and remain that way if we proclaim to be a believer in Christ comes from Romans chapter six, verses one through 18. And it says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know 
that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self Oh, thank you, Jesus, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace by no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So before I give an example within the Bible over today's topic on when no one's looking, let me just say that when we believe in God and we are doing things that are not righteous he will chastise those whom he loves. Just go ahead and look at the details and read Hebrews chapter 12. And it tells you everything what I'm talking about right now and how he chastised his children. So God, who is holy, will not allow his children who are called to live holy as he is to get away with doing things unholy and ungodly. I'm going to say that again. So God, who is holy, will not allow his children who are called to live holy as he is to get away with doing things unholy and ungodly because first Peter chapter one verses 14 through 16 says as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance but just as he who called you as holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy so God will get our attention and it's in that moment we must turn to him and repent of our sinful ways. He knows what we did was wrong. We just can't be prideful and not want to turn to him because we'll fall. We have to understand that God is righteous and he has our best interests. And the only way to get delivered is to turn to him because we may be able to pretend in front of people and hide our true feelings and sinful desires. But when it comes to God who knows all and is the creator of all things, the only person we are fooling is ourselves because God knows our hearts and intentions. And our true motives behind what we think, what we say and what we do. 
because a similar story happened to King David within 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 17 and 26 through 27. It says, In the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Now, we already see how this story is unfolding. David, who is the king, is not in the place he's supposed to be at because it says that in spring, the time when kings go off to war, meaning King David, King David wasn't focused. It goes on to say this. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, stay here one more day and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Now, King David, who is known for being one after God's own heart and who has seen God do great and mighty things for him and how God was always with King David continually, according to the scriptures, King David has now done something he thinks he can get away with. But second Samuel chapter 12, verses one through 25 says this. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb 
he had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you before your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the night lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. When David got up from the ground after he had washed put on lotions and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house and at his request, they served him food and he ate. His attendants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and made love to her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, although we may do things that are unholy and ungodly and we proclaim to be believers in Christ for that reason, 
God will chastise those whom he loves, as he did with King David. We know that King David was regretful of what he had done before the Lord, because in Psalms 51 verses 1 through 19, we hear the prayer in which King David prayed when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. It says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Let me pause. Some of us have to pray that prayer ourselves because it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So the next time when you're doing something to yourself, to someone or something, and you think no one is looking, Understand that God knows all and sees all, and we must give an account for all that we've done while on this earth. So we can either repent like King David did and receive God's forgiveness, or we can continue living sinfully and reject the change that only God can bring in our lives that we truly need. The choice is yours and ask God to help you and to come in and expose things in your life that only he can expose so that darkness no longer lives in you, but that his light will shine in and through you and will take up residency within your entire heart, soul, and mind. Because he will, if only you ask him. Let's pray. Thank you for another chance to come before you, Heavenly Father. We acknowledge your presence and ask that you would expose the deepest and darkest things within us and destroy everything that is hindering you from manifesting within our lives. Lord, we are all deserving of death for our sinful acts we've done towards you intentionally and unintentionally. But Father, knowing that your mercies are new every day and that your grace and mercy follows us all the days of our lives, I say thank you for delivering us from rude attitudes, from sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Because, Father, your word tells us that if we live like this, 
then we cannot inherit your kingdom. Lord, don't let us continue in blindness. Don't let us be deceitful, but may we accept and live out the truth that is in you so that we may find peace and live life more abundantly in you. Have thine own way, Father, and have mercy on our souls. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and purify our hearts and sustain us, Father, in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my hope is that something was said from today's episode that allows us to understand when we think no one is looking, God is most certainly looking on those that are good and those that are evil. We cannot hide anything from him. And if we think we are, we're only fooling ourselves because we can't even run away from him. This is his earth and we are his people. He created us and not we ourselves. So don't let darkness consume you to its lies that will never deliver but will always keep you a slave to bondage and living in condemnation continually. But when we are in Christ, hallelujah, we allow his truth to shine in us and through us. And we understand that we are given conviction that brings forth a change. And we are now servants of the most high God and nothing can separate us or keep us from him because it is not of our works so that no man can boast, but it is receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. So until the Lord allows us to gather again, I pray God's best for you and your loved ones and the plans he has laid out before you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Amen. So the next time you're in a situation and you think no one is looking, always remember that God is looking. He knows all and sees all. He looks high and he looks low. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he knows our hearts and our true intentions and motives behind what we do, what we think, and what we say. So remember to always stay encouraged, meditate on God's word day and night, and tune in next time as we dive deep in the word of God. I'm David, and you've been listening to Insightful Devotion.